Hi, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, www.edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel. Enjoy listening to the sermon today. Be launching our series today called Extraordinary. And, and, and before we get in there, I want to ask us some questions. I want you to think about it. And maybe some of us can relate to, to, to these statements, to these questions. But have any of you felt that like when you think about your life, you look at your life and you go, something feels like it's missing. Like, is, it, is this it? Or is there more to life? Or maybe you, you, as a believer, as a Christian, you actually feel frustrated at the lack of spiritual progress. You're thinking, I've been a believer for so long, and, and yet I feel like there's still key things that, I, that I'm still trying to learn and to get better at. Or maybe you actually feel worn out, if you're very truthful and honest, about doing this whole church thing, like the duty of, of religion, or maybe it's even the other way of it. You're actually experiencing that you are so overwhelmed by the circumstances of life in general that you think, is this how it's going to go all the way until I finally close my eyes and go to be with Jesus, that I'm just going to always be overwhelmed in life? Maybe some of you can relate to, to those statements and questions that I was asking. And you know what's so interesting is that when you read Scripture, when you see how Jesus describes the, the Christian journey, the Christian life, and we see throughout passages of Scripture, he, he explains the way that we are called to live as Christians very differently to some of those questions and statements that I've just went through. Just take, for example, John 10 verse 10. We know this verse well, and it says, I've come to give you a life full and abundance. But you take a different translation, it says, so that you may have eternal life, more and better life than you have ever dreamed of. Just reflect on that question. Do you feel like this is a life that's more and better than what you've ever dreamt of? You see, and you read throughout Scripture, Jesus speaks about how we were called when we made a decision to follow him, that actually there's something that happens to you and I. Why he says that I've come to give you a life and life to the full. Because something actually happens to us when we make a decision to follow Jesus. And we see it when Paul speaks about this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And he says these words, So all of us who have had the veil removed... Now, speaking about once we, we have our moments and we, we, were, we were sinners and now we came and we accepted Jesus, the veil has been removed and we can see and we are now to reflect the glory of the Lord. And then listen to what it says. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, and this is key, the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. The Spirit makes us more and more like him. So that's why when you go through those, those questions about feeling overwhelmed or is this all that life is about, in actual fact, when we became believers, there's something that started to take place within us. There's an inner transformational journey that takes place when we make a decision to follow Jesus, to become more and more like him, so that actually we are, and I think the best word to sum this up, how God called us, is that we could live extraordinary lives. 
And I know that's a bold statement to make because some of you are thinking about your life and you're like, it's so very ordinary. It's actually druch if you think about your life. But the reality is, and I need to just say this, terms of condition apply here. The ordinary things of life, like cleaning and packing away and emptying a pool and doing those things, those things still have to happen. Those are ordinary things that happen in life. Those things will always be there. Sorry to break it to you. There's not much extraordinary about having to clean dishes and that. But... Jesus speaks about when we become a believer and we accept him, that there is something that starts to happen within us, that he adds the extra to the ordinary of our lives to make it extraordinary, that in actual fact, he takes the super to the natural and he makes things supernatural. And he says, that is the desire I called for you and I to live. And that is the extraordinary life and what the series is about that I'm going to start to speaking about. And you say, but what is that extraordinary life? How do I have that extraordinary life? Well, this four weeks of this series that we're going to go through, we're going to be teaching about the Holy Spirit. We're going to start to unpack in this series about the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. We're going to start to look at about the power of the Holy Spirit, about what does it mean about spiritual gifts, and, and what does it actually mean to be filled with the Spirit? Why? So that we may live a Spirit-filled, empowered, extraordinary life every day. day. And this is key. Please, if this is all that you hear me say today, then that's fine. What I want to speak about in this series and where we're going to go for the next four weeks, we are talking about how the Holy Spirit intersects into the everyday details of our lives. You see, because sometimes we've associated the Holy Spirit to a once-off occasion of uh, they put hands on me and now this, this happened to me and that does happen and it's an amazing. We, we associate it to just an encounter service. In actual fact, the Holy Spirit is available for you and I every single day so that we can live extraordinary. That it's not just reserved just for a Sunday. It's for the everyday details of our lives. And so I want to encourage you over the next four weeks that you stay a part of this journey as we unpack this series of Extraordinary. You see, today I want to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm sort of doing an overview, so I'm touching on a lot of things, and then I'm going to leave us with three truths as we walk into this week. And then as of next week, and we roll into the next week, so we're going to start to unpack more and more biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit, and then the most important is seeing how the Holy Spirit intersects and desires to be a part of my every day. So whether you are an office worker, whether you're in a classroom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you are on the golf field all day, wherever you are, then in actual fact, the Holy Spirit desires to be a part of your every details of your life. And you see in Scripture over and over again about the Holy Spirit speaking. And actually over 800 times in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. The very first time that we see it when it's a mention about the Spirit of God is actually in the second verse of the entire Bible. Sometimes we think, okay, Holy Spirit is associated with the New Testament. But in actual fact, in Genesis 1 verse 2, the second verse of the Bible says this. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And then here it is. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You see, this translation of the Spirit of God in the Old Testament was the word ruach. 
And where we would literally, it would mean, described, it means it's a breath of wind. And it was a violent wind. It wasn't a normal breath. It was, there was power. The Spirit, there was power that came. And in the Old Testament, we would see about how the Spirit of God would actually descend upon people. And then the Spirit would often depart. And so we can clearly pick this up when we see what happened with Saul. How, how, how the Spirit of God was on Saul, but then also the Spirit of God left Saul. Also David. We read about it how the, the Spirit of God was with David and then he messed up with Bathsheba and he sinned and everything. And then he cries out these words and he says, please don't take your spirit away from me. So that's the Old Testament where we see about, about the, the Holy Spirit. And now we see in the New Testament about the Greek word is actually in the, the Spirit is translated to pneuma. And it means a wind, a, a current air, a blast of air. And in the New Testament, though, when we read about, and, and we picked it up in the 50-day series, about how Jesus, when he was from, remember when we tracked from Easter Sunday all the way to Pentecost Sunday? And each time I kept on saying, I can't go into depth about this. I can't go into depth. Wait until the series. Well, we are now in the series. And so now we're going to start to unpack more and more about this, the Holy Spirit. Because what happened in the New Testament, when Jesus left, he said, I'm giving you another which was the Holy Spirit, and this was the promise, he will never, ever forsake nor leave you. You see, because we see in the New Testament that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in a form of a dove that came upon him. And then we see about how the Holy Spirit came upon those at, at Pentecost. The, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they started to speak in tongues and they were doing miraculous works and the, the things were happening. The gospel was spreading. And we see how the Holy Spirit empowered people with, this, with gifts and they were doing these extraordinary, supernatural things that were taking place. And we see how the Holy Spirit enabled people with the fruits of the Spirit. Joy, love, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, faithfulness. And I believe we saw so many fruits of that this past week at Holiday Club. The, the testimonies were here. And can, I, can, I, can I be honest? We, we didn't talk about once that someone laid hands upon me and then the Spirit came. These were testimonies of people sharing about how there were fruits of the Spirit and God was doing something within them. That was the Holy Spirit working. And so this is what we're talking about, the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It is incredible when we speak about the extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit that is available for you and I. And that's why it makes sense, obviously, to call the series Extraordinary. So now you understand where we got that name for the series. But remember when I started the sermon, I asked us those questions. Do any of us feel like we're missing stuff? A sense of like, am I just going to be overwhelmed in life all the time? And those questions. Why do you think so many of us can relate to that? When, when we're speaking about the power of the, the Holy Spirit, is it maybe because so many of us are, we're not fully aware of the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to you and I? That in actual sense, we're living very ordinary lives and not the way that God had described and desired for you and I of this extraordinary because maybe we're not aware. Maybe we're resisting. Maybe we're not fully empowered by the Holy Spirit for our daily lives.
And so this four weeks in this series is going to start to unpack about how do we, who is the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit work? How does it intersect with our daily lives? And, and we're going to start today by looking at John 14. Starting in verse 16, and the context here, what is happening is that Jesus is he's telling his disciples, he's gathering him around and he, he's about to go. He's, gonna, he's like, brothers, I'm leaving you. I'm going up, I'm preparing mansions for you. I'm sorting it out, I'm building these mansions for you, but I'm going to leave you. But he says, don't, don't worry. And this is where I want to pick it up when he's speaking about the, the extraordinary And it says, and I will ask the Father, and this is Jesus now saying to his disciples, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby, take note, that will be with you forever. And then in verse 17, shows us that the spirit of truth he says, who is this person that, I, who is this that I'm going to give you? It was the spirit of truth that would be your counselor, the Holy Spirit. And then the scripture says, and it carries on, it says, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Why? For he lives with you. And here's the promise that he tells his disciples and the promise for you and I. He says, and he will be in you. This counselor, this, this advocate, this intercessor, this comforter, the promise is, is that he will live with you and be in you. And I want you to notice when you see this, do you see it doesn't mention once refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. Because it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And, and I want us to understand that and this thought that if, if you leave it, you have this, this new understanding that the Holy Spirit is a person because we see how Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a person. It's the third person in the triune. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It is very literally God in spirit form. So hear me, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Sometimes we say, we will say things like, well, it's led me to do this. No, 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 it's not it. The Holy Spirit, who is a person, led you. And so if that means that the Holy Spirit is a person, that means that we can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? You see, because the spirit, as God in spirit form, has emotions. And so just like we, we can sadden the heart of our father and of things that we do, it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit loves you and I. And there was that promise. He says, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the spirit with you. And you will call him counselor, which is the Greek word, Parakletos. And that's where we get from the root word is paraclete, which actually when you divide that word up, you start to see the, the meaning of it even deeper because para means to come alongside. That's why you get a paralegal. Okay? Come alongside. And then when we see kletos is a Greek word which means called. Okay? So very literally, the paraclete, we would define it as the one called alongside you called alongside in you this is the holy spirit that we're speaking about here 
And who is the Paracletos? It is very literally described as it's translated as an intercessor. So the Holy Spirit is the one who intercedes for you and I. Is the one is the advocate that is, that is praying for you and I. When we pray, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I don't know how I'm going to face this. He intercedes for you and I. It is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is interceding for each one of us. But honestly, I think for, for well, I'll speak for myself, honestly, yeah. If I had a choice, like, it's impossible, but say this moment happened and God said to me, Daniel, would you like Jesus in flesh with you? Or do you want the Holy Spirit? Okay. Honestly, I, I think I would say, I'm going to take Jesus in flesh with me. How cool would that be walking around? And you're like, oh, my head's a little sore. And he's like, okay, done. And it's healed. <laughs> you're walking and you're walking Nuggy and she gets knocked over. And you're like, Jesus, Nuggy's dead. And he just, yeah, stand up, Nuggy. And the dog will walk with me. And that's my dog just by the way. And when I was writing this, the illustration worked well because I was like, I'm about to kill this dog anytime soon because she ate through the trampoline as well. And so I was just like, but can you imagine in that moment, how cool it would be to have Jesus in flesh with us? And why we would choose Jesus over the Holy Spirit. But this is what was interesting for me when I read this verse. And Jesus in flesh seems like the best thing that we could have. But it's interesting how Jesus says this and he words this when he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. And he says that uh, there, there's someone that I want to give to you here. In this day and age, and when you're sitting behind your desk and you want to lose your mind because your boss is just driving you insane. When you're a teacher, when you want to kill the children. That actually they says that there's someone that I'm giving you. And listen to what this verse says in John 16 verse 7. And he says, it's actually Best for you. You know when your teacher or your parents said, you won't understand, but this is best for you. We say this to Rachel all the time. Go to sleep. I promise you it'll be the best thing for you right now to go and sleep. Or when your teacher says this, to make sure you're listening, you're going to cover this section because it's the best thing for you if you remember this section. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll never forget when I was trying to get into, into university, I kept on going back. I just wish I listened to them when I was in grade nine, when they told me to work hard, because I wouldn't be stressing so much now about trying to get into university, because it was the best thing for you. And now Jesus comes and he says these words. It's actually best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the counselor won't come. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit won't come. And so he's saying it's actually best for you. And this is what I'm trying you to see and to hear about the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that's available to you and I. It says, if I do go away, he will come because I will send him to you. And I, and I look at this and I'm like, this is the best thing. Then why do I still struggle with such an ordinary life and struggling? Because in, in, you can look around and it's sometimes so difficult to distinguish who's a believer and who's not a believer in this day and age. Because if we look around, we can see that so much of our, our people are still struggling with the same sin, the same behavior patterns. We can look and we see Christians who, whose prayer line is actually completely flatlined. We look around and we can say, we know you believe, but there's no real power that's living in you, it's actually very ordinary. And yet, 
We can see throughout Scripture, when I know I mentioned it, that actually we were called to have extraordinary lives. Why is it like that? I believe there's many reasons, but there's two that I want to just cover with us. I believe that many of us are living ordinary lives and not extraordinary because, number one, some of us, we're not aware of the Holy Spirit. We're not aware of of the Holy Spirit. Like we know God the Father, we know God the Son. Like we've seen so many images and we know like God sitting on his throne and then Jesus with the mousy brown hair and the blue eyes. And we, we can sort of picture that. But then the Holy Spirit is that other guy. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know that, that cousin that you just don't talk about that guy. Like at the table, we just like, just carry on moving. That's how sometimes we treat the Holy Spirit. Because we struggle to relate to it. We can see God the Father. We can sort of see God the Son. But the Holy Spirit? Oh, I, I, can't, I can't imagine this. And so sometimes our association, even with the Holy Spirit, is warped because of, of what we've seen. Or what we experienced. We've seen like videos of like someone just blowing and everyone's just falling over in a crowd. And, and so we think, oh my word, that's scary. I actually have to be a bit, a bit of a, a nut to be able to experience the Holy Spirit because of the, some of the things that we have seen. And some of our experiences have even have scared us about the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh my word, are they just going to run around in tambourines and shout and all of that? Because that's what the Holy Spirit, that's what I think about it is. And so, so, so we, we distance ourselves and go, I, I don't know if I want that. I believe, but I don't know if I believe in the Holy Spirit. Hear me, you can't say you believe in God, but you don't believe in the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. We can't say we believe in Jesus, but oh, I don't want the Holy Spirit. He is a part of it. It's a three of them. They're a package deal that comes together. <laughs> we need to accept it when it comes. And that's why it's interesting when you read in Acts 19 verse 1 to 3 about how the story is so relevant. It says, while Apollos was, Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he comes across these believers and he's like, hey, hey guys, did you receive the Holy Spirit? And now obviously not everyone was there at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. And so so they were like, yo, we know about John the Baptist. Like we've heard about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, who are you talking about? I believe that's very applicable to a lot of us. We're not fully aware of who the Holy Spirit is and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, the desire that the Holy Spirit, because we, we have a sort of a, a little bit of our understanding, but it's, it's very small. And so we made associations and maybe even distance ourselves because we're not fully aware of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're still living very ordinary lives because we haven't tapped in to the power that the Holy Spirit wants to enable you for your everyday life. We sometimes reserve it just for, oh, that's for a Sunday. It's for every day. The second reason why I think some of us we, with the Holy Spirit is that we actually resist the Holy Spirit. And I think this is many of us. I have been caught in this many times. You see, the Holy Spirit will prompt things in you and I. You know that feeling when you do something and you're like, I shouldn't have done that. The conviction that you have. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to do this. And then we go, well, I'm still going to do it. 
we are then resisting the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do good for that person. And you can sense it like, actually, I need you. I, I want to do this. But then you're like, oh, but what about that? And what, what is if I embarrass myself? And then, oh, whatever, I'm not going to do it. And we resist the Holy Spirit. And you know, over time, if we keep resisting the Holy Spirit, our hearts will harden so much that we won't even hear the gentle nudges and the whispers of the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you and I. So when people say to me, I don't think I hear the Holy Spirit anymore. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know that. Maybe it's an unawareness, or maybe it's because we resisted the Holy Spirit so long that our hearts can't sense it anymore. And I know there are many reasons as to, as to why. There are other reasons, but I just wanted to cover those two. And I want to leave you with three truths as we go into this weekend. And it literally is just the start of this series. I can't unpack everything. But there's three truths about the Holy Spirit that I want you to, to understand. Because it's about that I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is a person. And there's a presence that comes with the Holy Spirit. And there's three ways of the promise of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And the first one I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit promises to comfort you and I. And that's why I've been speaking about that. He's, he, he's known as a comforter. The Holy Spirit will come and comfort you when you are hurting. The Holy Spirit comes and comforts you when you're distraught, when, when your anxiety is, is escalating. The Holy Spirit comes and he says, I'm going to comfort you. John 14 verse 16 says, in a different translation, and I, this is now Jesus is, is saying, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another, and there's a word, comforter, that he may ab- and you may abide with you forever. The promise of that, he will come and he will be your comforter all the time. You know what's so powerful is that I know that right now, even in this moment, seated here online, for those who are going to maybe even watch it in the week, for many of us, we're going through very, very difficult things in our lives, very challenging situations that are taking place right now. But I can promise you right now, even in this moment, you can sense a presence that is around you. When you're coming to worship, you sense that the something happens and sometimes why we express with different emotions of being, of even crying or just a sense of that's the Holy Spirit that coming and he's, he's comforting you, nurturing you, coming alongside you and just saying, my child, I've got you. That's, that's, what, that's what the presence of the Holy Spirit does in our everyday lives. And you're going, but how? When you're facing a very challenging situation at work and you're feeling so anxious about it, Pray, Holy Spirit, I need you to comfort me right now. You know, when you have to, to have this moment and, you, and you, you need to have an interaction and you're like, oh, I don't know how, I pray that the Holy Spirit will comfort you in that space of whether it's grief, whether it's of loss. You're sitting at home and you don't have work because you can't find work and you're feeling like, is there any point? The Holy Spirit comes and he, he comforts. You're in a marriage and you're like, we're married on paper, but that's about it. I'm so alone. The Holy Spirit comes and he comforts you even in those moments or those spaces. It's in the every details of our lives. I saw this in the past six months. Watching my dad go through so many treatments 
one step back after the next. Then it's this operation. Now we need to do this. Then it's that. And the whole time, were the bad days, of course. But the whole time, seeing the comfort of the Holy Spirit in that moment. Because the world, would, we would explain it differently. But in actual fact, seeing the comforter of God's Spirit upon him, upon us as a family, you can't, you can't explain that with words. That's experience of the Holy Spirit. So he's a comforter. The second thing is that he's our counselor. Another translation, it says that he's your guide. So you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. He actually says that. He says, I will guide you. John 16, verse 13. And then Jesus said, but he, the spirit of truth comes. And take note, it says, he will guide you in all truth. The spirit will guide you in all truth. And you're like, I have no idea on what to do. I'm calling you pray. In that moment, pray and say, Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me now in this moment. When you are facing a challenging situation with your child and you're thinking, I don't know how to even bridge this conversation because they're like a ticking time bomb. I don't know if we say this is going to go this way or if it's going to go that way. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide your words in the way in which you deliver it. Whether there's a fallout in a relationship with a friend or with a colleague and you're thinking, I need to sort this out, but I don't even, I don't want to be the one that says sorry first. Actually, it doesn't matter. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in that conversation. And do you know what? He might even guide you to close your mouth. Because some of us need a lot of guidance with that. Actually, our mouths need to be shut. The Holy Spirit can help you. I have to pray that often. I'm incredibly opinionated. I've said, Jesus, please help my tongue right now. And he helps me. Not always. People closest to me, well, he does. I don't. That's why I said. <laughs> why we resist the Holy Spirit. But like even in our career, and we're thinking, I know I did this, and I, I, I know that everyone's saying, just do this, just take this, whatever job, and you're like, but actually, Holy Spirit, I need you to guide me, because I know that you have spoken, and I need your comfort and your counsel in how I do this. Amen. Holy Spirit, my child, I don't know what school to place him, because it's not working where they are currently. Guide me. Be my counselor in this. When no one else and all these, because there's so many opinions and voices and things that are coming away, listen to the guidance and the counsel of the Holy Spirit. It means that our hearts need to be receptive to be able to hear that. Business decision, financial decision, it's in every detail of our lives. He promises to be our counselor. And I love this picture that Isaiah, and I've shared this verse before when I actually did on Pentecost Sunday. And it's such an incredible imagery. And the way that the prophet Isaiah writes it, I can sort of just imagine that moment when I close my eyes and I read the scripture. Isaiah 30 verse 21. It says, whether you turn to your right or to your left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way you walk in. I don't know about you, but I need that. Some of the things that come our way and I'm thinking, God, posterity, I don't know how we're going to deal with the situation. I have to pray to God and say, please, I need to hear your voice to say, to guide the conversation in this way. God, I need your voices to say, pray for this. There's things that we are facing that, let me tell you, there's no book that is ever going to help you. 
it is beyond any amazing psychologist, and God bless him with those brains, and so they're amazing, I support it. But beyond anything like that, there's only the voice of the Holy Spirit that guides you and I. And lastly, as I end this, the third one, is that the Holy Spirit will convict you. And you're like, yo, that's a hectic one. Hear me. John 16 verse 8, and says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. You notice I, I, I never say that he will condemn the world of sin. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn. God is not a God that is, is pointing fingers and condemning you and saying, how could you do this? The Holy Spirit comes to convict. Saying, hey, why are you doing this? My child, there's so much more for you. And then the Holy Spirit will come and, and, and he convicts when, when we've gone of course. He convicts when, when we're doing and he's saying, hey, listen up. That's not what I designed for your life. You see, sometimes we can associate, oh, Christianity is just a, a list of rules that we need to follow. It's this list of I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do it. You can view it like that or you can view it in a way of saying, actually, the Holy Spirit convicts us because he says there's way much more God designed for our lives. It's not about a rule book. It's about a relationship that we have with God. And God knows you. He created you. And he wants more for our lives. You see, when the Holy Spirit will convict us and he'll say, I want you to live extraordinary. Yes, the world might say that this is completely normal. The world might come and say, oh, it's just acceptable. Oh my gosh, pornography, everyone does it. Who cares? That's what the world says. But the Holy Spirit comes and he says, I want you to be extraordinary. You're not just ordinary like anyone else. Extraordinary, the Holy Spirit comes and he says, I want you to live a different life. Hey, I don't want you to get absolutely hammered every weekend. The Holy Spirit comes and, con- and convicts you and I. And you're gossiping in a circle of group and you feel that sense of like, this is not comfortable. It's the Holy Spirit that's convicting you saying, don't be a part of that. That's not of God. You know when you lose it with someone, you lose your temper, you lose your mind, and you just go boss and everything like that, and then you have to go back, and, and you don't want to, but you can sense that feeling, I need to make right. So Holy Spirit convicting for you to sort it out. But then the Holy Spirit also convicts you to draw close to God. And even right now, maybe you're like, I don't even know why I'm here in service. My children came to holiday club and they dragged us to church this morning. But even in the service right now, you can feel that there's something convicting you. And it's the Holy Spirit who's convicting you to draw close to God. Convicting you saying, you need, you need God. You need the Holy Spirit. You need Jesus, the Son. And you know, we can, we can surrender our lives or, or we can fight it. Take my word of advice, don't fight it. Because you know what happens? The longer you fight it, the longer you're like, oh, but I first need to get this in order. I first need to, because they're going to think this of me. And they're going to say like, oh, but what happened in your relationship? Or they're going to say this. And, and we can come up because as humans, whew, we're good at rationalizing and coming up with reasons. But can I tell you, the longer that you fight it off, the harder the heart gets. And it's actually harder to come back. Instead, we have a passionate God and a father who says, will you just come? And even now in this moment, 
the Holy Spirit is convicting, saying, will you come back to me? And maybe it's convicting you something completely different. Maybe it's got nothing to do necessarily with your relationship, but maybe it's got to do with a, a lifestyle thing. Maybe it's convi- convicting you about, actually, there's more of you. You've been attaining Sunday or Sunday, but I'm convicting you to use the giftings that God's given you. So, so it's the Holy Spirit doing that. And so we can fight it. It, it doesn't work, I promise you. Or we can surrender to what God's saying. And so right now, I'm going to ask you to put everything down. And in this moment, we're just going to take a moment to be still with God. One of the reasons why I say let's close our eyes and just to be still and not to have anything in our hands is because I know I get distracted so easily. And it just helps me to be still in the presence of God. And I want to ask us this question, and I do it pretty much every Sunday I'm up. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? In the service, what has God spoken to you about? Drawing you close. Father, right now I pray. We're going to just stay in this atmosphere of prayer and in His presence. For each one, that your Holy Spirit will do a work that goes beyond any words or explanation that, that I might have had and tried to do my best in. But that actually that your Holy Spirit would be so present right now. Those who are feeling like, I don't know why I'm feeling that, it's the Holy Spirit right now speaking to you. And he's present. Acknowledge his presence. If your heart is so hard and I say it to him, say, my heart is hard. I need to feel your presence and allow him in. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would do only what you can do. And as we are praying right now in this moment, I believe for some of us we are recognizing right now that we're doing life pretty much apart from the Spirit of God. Yes, you believe in Jesus. Yes, you go to church. You know the spiritual stuff. But you're looking at your life and you say, yep, it's pretty ordinary. I don't see the spiritual power. I don't see the victory. I don't see all the fruits of the Spirit. I really believe in this stuff, but, but yeah, I just don't see it. This morning, I believe God is prompting for many of us to have a greater hunger for his spirit in our everyday. To live extraordinary lives. To be spirit-filled, to be spirit-empowered in everything. In every workspace that we find ourselves as managers, as teachers, as, as parents. And he's asking us to be spirit-filled, spirit-empowered, to live extraordinary. And if you're saying, you're saying me, I want that. I want to live a life that's extraordinary. I want you to put your hand up so I can pray for you right across this auditorium. Just keep your hand up. He's saying, I need to be spirit-filled. I need more to have an extraordinary. I don't, I don't want to do the ordinary anymore. Just put your hand up.
leave your hand up now as I pray this prayer over you. Father, I thank you for the spiritual hunger that's in our church, God, that you're in this space. And Father, I pray that right now, as those hands that are lifted, that you would fill them right now with your spirit. Right now, God, fill them with your spirit. I pray that as, as these weeks to come, that we would understand and get to know you more and, and totally be filled with your spirit, that we would know the presence of God in our every day. Father, that for each one that we would be so aware of your guidance, of your prompting, that we would experience and the nudges and what you're calling us to do and saying, hey, don't do that anymore. Hey, I want you to do this. That we would be aware of your presence in our lives. God, that you would help us. I pray that we would not go, the hands that are lifted, that we would not go through this life in our own strength and in our own power, trying to make this work situation happen by ourselves, trying to sort this out. But actually, we'll be reliant on your spirit that we would be an extraordinary life. So right now, God, each hand that is lifted, fill our prayer, God. Bring glory and honor to your name with our lives. We believe in you. And I thank you for the impact of these lives. And you may put your hand down. And as I continue to pray right now in this moment, I want to pray for those who have not accepted Jesus. That there's no evidence, actually, that you've ever surrendered to Christ or you, those ones that, are, that I've been speaking about, that your heart has hardened so much. Right now, you can have a moment, a decision to say, I'm coming back. And so if that's you, I would love to pray with you and all eyes are closed. You're saying, Dan, I need to give my life to God. Just lift your hand up so I know I'm praying for. Amen. You're saying, that's me. You can feel the targets, the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. Just one more time. You're saying, I, I want to make a decision. Just lift your hand so I know I'm praying for. Amen. And so right now, I'm going to ask for those three hands. I want you to say this prayer with me. God, today I acknowledge that I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life. Father, I pray that the way I've been living, that I would turn away from that and I come and I follow you. I choose you today. Thank you that you died on the cross for me and on the third day you rose so that I may have life and life to the full in you. Thank you, God, that you love me unconditionally and no sin can ever separate me from you. And so I give my life to you and God's people sit together with a loud voice. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise for what he's done. We're thanking God for the incredible salvation.